If you grew up with an abusive parent, you likely have some very strong coping mechanisms that helped you get through what was happening with your spirit intact. But there comes a time when you have to heal because if you don't, you can get stuck in the coping mechanism that's no longer doing anything positive for you. It's just holding you back. So for example, some kids dealing with abuse will fight back against the abusive parent, but then grow up stuck in fight mode, always in conflicts, always angry. Some people who, as a child, tried to appease the abuser, grow up and completely lose themselves. They're so busy trying to appease everyone, they can't even remember who they are and what they think and how they feel. Some children escape through a fantasy life in their heads, but they struggle to get back out again as adults. And this is where magical thinking and limerent relationships can take root, just to name a couple problems there with fantasy and escape. Now, most of us will switch around to different coping mechanisms, but there's usually a dominant one. And for some people, the best way to survive the chaos at home was to freeze up emotionally and just make yourself invisible and in effect, play dead. And if you had to do this, you may find yourself feeling stuck and frozen and struggling to connect with people or get anything done, frozen. First of all, it's normal. And it just means that it's time to do some strong healing so that you can come back to life as your full and real unfrozen self. My letter today is from a woman I'll call Trina. And she writes, Dear Anna, my story is like Many others you read, physically abusive father paired with narcissistically neglectful mother. Now she's going to go into a little abuse here, just heads up. Um, my earliest memories are of my dad beating me. I eventually stood up to him at age 13, but the screaming matches continued. He couldn't hit me, but he'd still be physically aggressive, following me from room to room to scream and argue. He was like a pit bull who I feared coming home to every day. Once he latched on, he didn't let go. Sometimes the police were called because I had to use a kitchen knife to defend myself. As a result, I grew up severely traumatized by his abuse. I didn't have any siblings to turn to, and my mom refused to leave him even though she was the breadwinner. He left her alone, and really everyone else alone. He was a coward in daily life. When we weren't getting into all-out brawls, he'd pick on me, criticize me, and rush me to get things done. He wasn't military, but every word out of his mouth was said as if it, he were a drill sergeant. Everything was urgent, and you need to get it done right now. Five minutes later, did you get it done? You didn't get it done. You better do it, or blah, blah, blah. Yep, that. Every day, <laughs> says Trina, for even the smallest thing, like not turning off a light when I'd use the bathroom. Unfortunately, I now have that voice in my head, even though I'm in my 30s now and I moved out when I was 18 and decreased contact since the age of 25. It's like his voice has become my voice. I find it very difficult to get even the littlest thing done. Got the fairy pencil. I'm circling things I want to come back to. Let's read all the way through Trina's letter and then we'll go back and I'll talk about things I circled. It's like my voice became his voice, and I find it very difficult to get even the littlest things done because my brain immediately shuts down like it's a protective reflex because I immediately think, oh my God, I, I have to get this done or something will happen and I got to do it now. It's a lot to handle, and my brain recalls my dad coming after me, ready to attack. So I hide and shelter in place. 
Usually this just means I go browse social media and listen to music and watch YouTube videos. I, d I don't get much done and I avoid life altogether. My brain is just so zapped. I go away from him. Somehow his voice managed to stay. As a person who's very goal-oriented and wants success in life, that's hard to deal with. And hell, it's not just career goals I'm not meeting, but with hygiene and general physical self-care tasks as well. I can't bring myself to shower or brush my teeth most days. It's embarrassing to admit that as a woman, but there it is. I struggle with it. So I guess my ultimate question is, how do I train myself to override that shutdown reflex? and not be so triggered. I really don't want my poor brain to feel under attack all the time. What's a healthy way to do it instead? I've tried to pretend like I don't care for his voice and give myself grace, but I just can't do it. I grew up with it, you know? I fear I won't be able to get rid of it. He's such a disgustingly negative person, and I hate that he's spread to me the worst parts of himself, like anger and being negative, hateful like him. But he's a dark and stupid cloud that's hung over my life for long enough. Anyway, I hope I'm making sense and I hope you can provide some fairy insight. These memories were tough to revisit, but I've been avoiding them for long enough. Thank you, Trina. Okay, Trina, yes, I think I can help. Wow, I'm really sorry that this happened to you. And it's so normal what you're talking about. It's just such a normal way to react to that sort of ongoing trauma. That's how complex PTSD happens is it's like a chronic ongoing stress. It grinds you down. It creates neural changes, changes in your brain and nervous system because of the constant onslaught of stress hormones and whatever it is that we have to do inside of our bodies and minds to cope with what's happening. So you're really normal. And I just want to validate that for you. It's not your fault. Getting beaten as a kid is terrible. You got big enough that he had to stop. Ha, huh? good, good job. But the berating kept going and the hurrying. So then it's interesting because how you characterize this is that his voice got inside your head. And I totally know what you mean. But I'm going to suggest to you that you maybe reframe that for yourself. I hate it when people reframe me, but I'm doing it to you, right? And I just think that it might be more helpful for you to stop bringing him into this. Stop validating to yourself that he is in you. Because he's not. You know, you remember him and he influenced you and you learned stuff and you adapted. And that's all true, but he's not in you. He's off having his miserable life wherever he is. That's not his voice. Those are your thoughts. You're being hard on yourself thoughts. You're hard on yourself. And um, I totally get it. If you were talked to like that, that's how you're trying to move yourself forward. And it's not uncommon that we do that to ourselves and that, you know, people do it to other people. It's like, come on, hurry up. What's taking you so long? So that was obviously some expression of his trouble, you know, his trauma, his anxiety, whatever it was in him. We don't care. We don't care because... That's in his world. What's in here is your voice. These are your thoughts. And so I'm going to just bring it in right now. The daily practice. This is the thing I teach. This is what it's for, is these ugly, terrible thoughts. So you may have resentment at yourself. 
Resentment at yourself is shame, guilt, you know, I should have done better. Why am I such an idiot? Right? So that's resentment at yourself. When you're then thinking about how he taught you this pattern, it's resentment at him. So when I say it's resentment, that doesn't mean that I'm saying you've made a mistake. You shouldn't have this feeling. It's like, no, all you're doing is just naming the feeling you have right or wrong, deserved or not deserved. There's no need to evaluate or rate your feelings and thoughts. You just name them. You name them as they come and you put them on paper in the daily practice in a specific format that helps you name and release the terrible thoughts. And we all have them, but with CPTSD, man, it's like a hamster wheel going all the time. Vicious self-attack, vicious attack on others, anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. And it's very distracting and it takes a huge amount of energy. It's paralyzing. So, you know, in your letter, you had said, it's a protective reflex when your brain shuts down around it. Yeah, that sounds right to me. It's a protective reflex. So the model that I'm going to suggest you look at, which I think that you already see, is that your brain shuts down because you're being very hard on yourself. And if you could stop being so hard on yourself and at the same time, learn to just be a little bit more like relaxed about like, oh, there I am being hard on myself and not just go, oh gosh, I have to shut it all down. You know, so that's going to be the pattern that you're learning. It's, it's doable, actually. There's two things going on. You attack yourself and then you shut down. And it's not totally, it's not voluntary, exactly. But you do have a little bit of influence about whether you do it. So both impulses, especially the one where you attack yourself, is resentment, resentment and fear. If you can get that on paper, you can buy yourself a little bit of, like, breathing room. You can buy yourself a little bit of time where it's not bearing down on your consciousness or sometimes. So we write the daily practice is daily. You do it twice a day. You write and then you meditate. So you get those thoughts on paper, release them or ask them to be removed. If that's your spiritual belief, that's how I do it. I ask. And then you rest in a very simple meditation and your mind starts to heal. Your mind just kind of pulls itself together. And when 20 minutes of meditation is up, often you totally forget what the conflict is. Or you may remember, but it's just not quite as prickly or terrible as it was. Things start to come into perspective. You start to see choices. And that's all healing is. Like that may sound subtle to you, but that's everything. That's everything. <sighs> and so your mind opens up and things become possible for you. And when you have perspective on things, you can sometimes realize um, a mistake you made or a way that somebody else kind of like violates your boundaries or something that you really want to say to somebody. Like all of these choices, all the choices appear on your horizon. We're not trying to like stifle ourselves or control it, but you'll find with less fear and resentment, overall, you have more clarity, you have more calm, you have more empowerment to speak up when you want to speak up. And it also takes power to not speak up when that's not in your best interest. You have a choice. Now, these changes can be the beginning of really phenomenal healing for you. So I encourage you to try it and anybody watching this um, and to take, I have a free course and I, I'm always reluctant to sort of describe what the daily practice is because there's always going to be some people who just start doing what they thought they heard me say, but it's very specific. And if you don't follow the specific format, which I have not described yet in this video, and I'm going to just leave it to the course. If you don't do it the specific way, some people will end up feeling worse. So it's a specific format that helps you really just get that out. Now we can't make all of our feelings go away and that's not the goal. 
we're naming them and releasing them. And sometimes they come visit us again, again and again and again and again, sometimes. Some of them a little while they come back. Some of them, I don't know why, they just stay forever. <laughs> you know, the resentful thoughts. So I have, I have fear that um, nobody likes me. That one has been visiting me for like three or four years now, every day. Fear nobody likes me. I've had that before, but not every day. But something happened and you know, I just haven't shaken it yet. I will. I will shake it, but it's obviously, for me, it's touching on layers and layers and layers of fear about that and feeling left out in my own family and high school and all the things that ever happen. So mostly I'm not driven by that thought, but when I sit down to write, oops, it's right there, it's there. So I name it and I'm free of it. But the other nice thing about the daily practice is it's twice a day, it's a chance when you, you get to reset. It's almost like having a little nap, you get a rest, and you get a reset. And so you come up just a little bit refreshed. And that can make a very big difference too in terms of inspiration, harmony with other people, um, listening to your body. Like I actually, I need to eat some protein or I think I'm coming down with a cold. You are more in tune with yourself. And attunement is so important. When you're in the middle of like trauma reactions, it's like you've got these headphones on just blasting really loud mu music. You can't hear your own thoughts. You can't feel your own feelings. You're often out of touch with your body. You can't read the room. You can't tell what's going on with other people. So when you're tuning in and just like bringing it back into focus like this, it's so simple. So you had said, how do I train myself to override the shutdown reflex? That's how. You just have less and less um, intensity to that trigger. You're, what you're doing is neutralizing your reaction to the trigger, just line by line. It's not gonna happen immediately. Or sometimes you will have a very dramatic result all of a sudden. It'll seem like it was all of a sudden. But this is a, it's a daily practice. It's a daily practice. Some people will go, oh, how long are we gonna have to do this? It's like only as long as you feel like it and you'll only feel like it if it feels good. So give it a try, you know, see, see if it feels good for you to do that. Um, I love your language. I think you're a great writer when you said, there's a dark and stupid cloud that's hung over your life long enough. And I agree, dark and stupid cloud, Bye. <laughs> Bye, dark and stupid cloud. You're gone. And that's the dark and stu stupid cloud. That's exactly what it is. It's fearful and resentful thinking. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.